0: God is shifting gears. And I'm telling you, he has a clear direction for what he's wanting to talk about and what he's wanting to give us. And we get into this moment called bartered promises. And I want to go back to the story of Adam and Eve for a minute because I want to go back to where it began, where the battle began, where the battleground started, where life changed. So I want you to go with me. And I want to ask you, if you have your swords today, I want you to get them ready. Do you have your sword today? Go with me to Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, the serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God made. He spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. And the serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything ranging all the way from good and evil When the woman saw that the tree looked like good eating and realized what she would get out of it, she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate it. And immediately the two of them did see what's really going on. They saw themselves naked. They sewed fig leaves together as makeshift clothes for themselves. And when they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden. They hid from God. And God called to the man, where are you? And he said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman you gave me as a companion, she gave me the fruit from the tree. And yes, I ate it. And God said to the woman, what is it that you've done? The serpent seduced me, she said, and I ate it. And God told the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed, cursed above curse beyond all cattle and wild animals, curse to sit slink on your belly and eat dirt all your life. I'm declaring war between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He'll wound your head and you'll wound his heel. He told the woman, I'll multiply your pains in childbirth and you'll give birth in your, to your babies in pain and you'll want to please your husband, but he'll lord it over you. And he told the man, because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from Don't eat from this tree. The very ground is cursed because of you. Getting food from the ground will be painful and having babies as having babies is for your wife. And you'll be working in pain all your life long. The ground will sprout from thorns and weeds and you'll get your food the hard way. Planting and tilling and harvesting, sweating in the fields from dawn to dusk until you return to the ground yourself, dead and buried. You started out as dirt and you'll end up as dirt. And the man known as Adam named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. And God made leather clothing for Adam and his wife and dressed them. And God said, the man has become like one of us, capable of knowing everything ranging from good and evil. What if he now should reach out and take the fruit from the tree of life and eat and live forever? Never, this cannot happen. So God expelled them from the garden of Eden and sent them to work the ground, the same dirt out of which they had been made. He threw them out of the garden and stationed angel cherubim And revolving sword of fire east of it. Guarding the path to the tree of life. We want to get into this. Starting with bartered promises. And the word bartered means to exchange something. It means to bargain away. To exchange or trade. But it can also mean to bargain away unwisely. To trade unwisely. And we're here to ask you the next several weeks, what are you willing to trade in your life for? What are you willing to trade in life? What are you making trades for? See, Adam and Eve, what's crazy in this story is when they start at the very beginning, the main scriptures that we want to talk about today is after they ate of the fruit, what they did is they clothed themselves with the fig leaves. And in the beginning, they were naked. And what happened was, in in reality, the reason that they couldn't see their nakedness and all their flaws was because, in reality, they were clothed with the glory of God. Their clothing was set in the glory. We talk about how our mission was to bear witness to who he is and bear witness to the glory of God. But Adam and Eve reflected the glory of God from the very beginning of who he was in the image of his likeness. They were dressed in the glory. They didn't have to worry about the elements. They didn't think about cold. They didn't think about heat. They didn't think about sweat. They didn't think about shivering. They didn't think about storms. They didn't think about winds. They didn't think about anything coming their way because they were clothed in the glory of God. They walked with God. They dwelt with God. They knew who he was and his very presence in essence was what guarded and girded up their loins so that they could dwell in the midst of the world in peace. They were given the authority of God. If you look back on, uh, in the amplified version of one chapter 1 verse 26, it states it this way. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and more likeness. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth. And over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. Everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. And here comes along the one thing that creeped and crawled. That they were supposed to have authority over. And all of a sudden it began to speak in their ear. It began to talk to the woman. It began to let her know all these things. And what began to happen was when she allowed the enemy to come into her mind. What's so crazy is she said, the enemy, the the serpent, he seduced me. The word seduced means to attract to a belief Or in a course of action that is indivisible or inadvisable or foolhardy. Foolhardy. It's crazy because a couple weeks as we were praying, God spoke to me and he said, you need to declare war and speak against the spirit of the fool. Because too many times do we allow this serpent to begin just like we talked about to get latched to our arm and he begins to creep up and speak into our ear and manipulate our thoughts and seduce our mind so that we can think how he wants us to think. And all of a sudden in that moment when Adam and Eve, they traded, they began to eat of the fruit. What they did was they traded their clothing of the glory and began to clothe their in the world. And what they had authority over began to have authority over them. And many times in this world, what we do is when we get in a, in, a, in a bind and we allow the enemy to speak to our mind and seduce our thoughts into a belief of a worldly manufacture and, and of a worldly state, what happens is we then begin to reach out to the world to clothe our mindset, to clothe our bodies, and we trade the glory and we trade our authority that God gave us for the worldly plans. desired for you to be clothed by the world and it's funny that what they reached after if you know what a fig leaf is if you look it up and know what happens the underside of a fig leaf is very rough and scratchy and when a fig leaf is it's it's bothered or it is uh, broken or if it's messed with what happens is it secretes this gel like substance and this gel-like substance, it, 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 it causes burning and pain against the skin. It causes rashes, and it causes this sensation of edema and swelling, and it begins to rub and irritate and rub raw. And what happens is when we trade our authority in and allow the world to have authority over us, then in our circumstances, we begin to be Burning in pain and anguish and are rub raw by the world. Everything rubs us wrong. Everything is a problem. Everything swells up to be bigger than what it was ever meant to be in the first place. Because our perception is now covered by that which we were to have authority over in the first place. Why are you trading your clothing Why do we so easily trade the glory of God for what is easily accessible when we get in a circumstance where the enemy is speaking in our ear? Why is it so easy? Why is it so easy for us to be manipulated? Why do we turn our ear to the enemy and allow him to speak lies? It says he is the father of lies. Guess what fathers do when they impregnate something they birth something from the woman that is the same dna of that father Well, guess what? When you allow the enemy to impregnate your mind and your thoughts, what you begin to birth are from that father. No matter how you try to get away from that, that DNA has infiltrated who you are. And it becomes to be a very part of your being. And then what happens is lies begin to become the foundational ground of where you are. And then everything begins to magnify itself. And I believe that those fig leaves were a, in, they were a representation at that moment of the destination of where we were meant. We unlocked the keys to the gates of hell when we chose to trade our authority and allowed the authority of the word world to come onto us. And what began to happen was, I believe, that representation of burning and pain and anguish and that swelling and that rash that came onto them was a representation of the burning and anguish that sin was going to cause in lives for the rest of humanity. I don't think you realize that you hold keys in your hand that have the authority to change the world. That you hold keys in your hand that have the authority to separate the glory from what man is trying to do. You have the ability to shut the enemy down. You have the ability to say no. See what's sad about Eve is she didn't say no. She knew. She knew what was right. She knew the right thing to do. And she didn't say no. She just allowed that circumstance in that moment to overwhelm her and change her thought pattern. And one instant change changed everything do you realize that if Eve would have just looked and said no that we would be able to walk in the glory of God without a struggle we wouldn't worry about nothing but I believe in here today there's somebody who's willing to be a fighter to say I'm going to shake it off and I'm not going to listen to the enemy. It doesn't matter what he says, that the glory of God is so much greater to wear. The glory of God is so much greater to bear. The glory of God is so much heavier than anything else that's going on. And I choose to walk in the glory. I choose to be in the cool of the day with the Lord. I choose to get my mind straight and set upon God. And if he says no, he means no. And if he says yes, he means yes. And where he goes, I'm going to go. And where he moves, I'm going to move. And what he says, I'm going to... To follow and it doesn't matter what goes on I'm not trading my clothes wow. see God isn't some spiritual dressing room that you can try him on Thank when it fits you. for you. you you know what's great about God is he's one size fits all for every season and every moment and every circumstance in every situation. Don't change your clothes. Don't change your authority. It's not worth
1: it. Now I'm going to go to the New Testament. Romans 1.25 They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. And worshipped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever. Amen. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie. They bartered the the glory for one bite. You you might be bartering the glory for one bite, one bite of something. I don't want to barter the glory for one bite. Verse 28. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them. Oh, my God. And let them run loose. This is in the message. Since they didn't bother to acknowledge God, God quit bothering them and let them run loose. Then all hell broke loose. You think we're not in the time that people are biting the apple? They're biting in things that shouldn't be bit on. So they didn't bother God anymore. This is the New Testament. Paul is talking. What happens to someone who exchanges the truth for the lie? What happens to somebody? He gives them to the lust. He gives them to the creepy crawly things. Is what it says. They were walking in the truth of God. Now they have created a new reality. You know what the new reality is in the world? Their own truth. They believe that what they think. And what's been going on. And what somebody else has been saying. They become a fool. Romans 1.22 and 23 says. Although they claim to be wise. They became fools. They exchanged the glory. Of the immortal God. For images made to look like mortal. Human beings. Birds. Animals. And creepy, crawly things. Paul was talking about ones that knew God but decided to walk away from the truth. And to worship the creation instead of the creator. Come on somebody. She she decided to worship the created instead of the creator. She chose. You're choosing to do something. He always gives us a choice. Adam and Eve have a choice. He said, whatever you do, I'm giving you this whole garden, but don't touch that. So when he said, don't touch that, he gave them a choice. Every one of us have a choice to believe the truth of this right here. See, if when you're not in it, you'll believe
0: anything. You'll fall for anything. I think what disturbs me about that, though, is it was one thing. One thing. Why is God never enough? Why is his presence never enough?
1: Well, isn't it funny how the, how the world is displaying all these things across the board? Everything is open. Everything from transgender to homosexual I'm going to go there again. Abortion? Abortion. Millions and millions of, of babies dying. We got, we got anything and everything. Now, now you can go get clothes that are transgender in California. Somebody better make war. Somebody better take a stand. But if you can't stand for truth and if you don't know truth, you will bite to anything. Romans 1.18. Listen to this. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. We are standing in a place. Oh, but the grace of God. Oh, his grace is going to be sufficient. I'm not saying that his grace ain't going to be sufficient. But we better get ourselves together about what's happening.
0: This is what I told you the other day when we were talking. And it's the truth. God's grace. It's sufficient and it covers all. But let me tell you what, you think that God's grace doesn't have a limit. Well, it does, because if it didn't, there wouldn't be a hell. There wouldn't be a reason for it. There would be no reason to have it, because guess what? If it was just, you can do whatever you want and have this kind of smorgasbord and eat whatever you want and have whatever you want, why would we be condemned to hell? There wouldn't be that. But the problem of it is, is we've taken grace for granted. And we think that we, are, we, we don't get to go that way because, you know, if I say my little prayer at the end of the day and ask him to come back into my heart, I'm good. And then the next day I can live like hell, but I don't need to go there. What's reasoning? We're, we're reasoning.
1: Culture has changed and I have to just go along with it. Reasoning. Everyone is allowed to love whoever they want. Reasoning. It's just for fun. Reasoning. I can watch that. It won't hurt me. Reasoning. I can look at that as long as I don't order it. Reasoning. I have the right to do whatever I want. Reasoning. All this is ignored, what God said. Ignoring the truth barters the glory for one bite.
2: It takes me back to Eve. Yeah. When... She's in the garden, and all of a sudden, a serpent. It says he was more cunning than anything else. So he comes up, and he begins to throw something in front of her face. Um, God began to speak to me, and I wrote this. He said, we will always barter for something better when we feel like we are missing out on something. So, So honestly, the reason Eve fell is because she thought, man, I'm missing out on something. He is trying to give me something and show me something that I'm missing out on. So guess what? I'm going to compromise because I think I could get to the thing that I'm missing if I would just taste of the thing and give up glory. But
1: that's what Lucifer did. Yeah. So see, that's what's in him to deceive for us.
2: Yeah. But what she doesn't understand is one of the greatest things that she bartered was her union. Union is so important. Listen to what union means. Union is an act or instance of uniting or joining two or more things into one. The action or fact of joining or being joined. It takes me back to something I spoke on a long time ago called perichoresis. What we don't understand is perichoresis is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as one in one union. And when we get into the center of that perichoresis and we begin to do the dance, choresis is choreography. So he is inviting us into a thing called perichoresis, which is a union in the center of who he is. Think about this. When Adam and Eve got to walk in the cool of the day in the garden with God, who were they walking with? Father, Son, and Spirit. They were there all together as one. So what Eve didn't realize is in that moment, she was giving up a thing called union. What? Eve bartered away the most important part of her life when she said yes to the serpent, union. Authority, dominion, power, all of these are a secondary consequence of our union with God. John chapter 15, verse 5, throw that up there for me real quick. I'm going to prove to you this is real. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For otherwise, apart from me that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. He's saying when you disconnect yourself from perichoresis, the union of being with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you literally cut yourself off from being able to do anything. You barter the covering of the glory and the union, the beautiful union you were created to walk in,
0: when you settle for listening to the voice of a serpent. And then you dress yourself in irritation. Yes. And frustration. You get angry. And bitterness. And angry. Ang- anger. And all the other stuff. You dress yourself in it. And then what happens is you set in your pain. Yes. And you dwell in your pain. Yep. And you allow that pain to begin to linger and to begin to have hold on you. And teach you where you need to go and tell you what you need to do. And if you allow that. The pain of where you are will always keep you from where you need to be right. unless you allow God to come in and reclothe you. That's right. That's right. It'll hinder you from that union. It will. All the thoughts that you carry, all the things that are going on, all these things that you want to put off and you want to look at and you don't want to take... See, what the problem of it was is, see, Adam, he didn't want to take responsibility. No, it's a game. See, his pain... From his own choices, he wanted to put off on his wife. Because he had the choice. He had that choice. He didn't have to eat that. And what if he wouldn't? Could have God instantly restored right at that minute? God could have at that minute. He could have. One mistake. See, there still would have been some kind of union with him. Because that whole union was broken. It said you can do nothing. They couldn't even stay in the garden. It was one sin. One that separated them. God had the authority to look at them and say, look, that was one mistake, guys. So I'm going to turn it all around and I'm going to tell you again. If you don't think God means business, I don't know what else could tell you. Yeah, that's true. He means business. And I'm telling you what, if you want to set in your pain and begin to play the blame game on everybody else in your life. And you oh. don't want to look in the mirror at what you've got going on right in the center of where you are. The problem and the reality of it is, is it's not anybody else's choices that are going to keep you from where you're going. It's only yours. That's truth. And you have to move out of that place. Absolutely. God didn't allow them to go back into the garden. He moved them out and they lived in the world. But he still reclothed them at that moment. If you look at verse 21, it goes back in and it says, God made them leather clothing. Leather clothing at that minute. And what's crazy about it is it says, He dressed them again. He put His glory on them again. Did it keep them from all the elements? No. Did they have to go through pain and trial? Yes. Did they have to work hard and go through, through struggles and labor? Absolutely. But guess what he did? He still reclothed them so that the glory could have them the ability to endure what they were going through.
2: That's why Adam lived for 900 and some years. <laughs> because of the glory. My God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 through 3. I'll read this real quick. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things, on. not on the things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. On. For you died to this world and your new real life is hidden, this is so powerful, is hidden with Christ in God. So what he's saying is Christ becomes the center but he also becomes the embodiment. So, so when we are hidden with Christ in God, we, we are in the center of perichoresis union. But watch this. We begin to barter our union with God when we come into agreement with the serpent. I said this to the youth Thursday night, and I'm going to say it to you. You'll never crucify what you're in agreement with. You'll never crucify what you're in agreement with. So sometimes we got to learn to crucify our mind instead of coming to an agreement with the serpent. we got to learn to, to crucify the thoughts that come in. I, I was thinking about this this morning, you even prayed it over me, you know, cr- to crucify and, and to take captive the thoughts that try to come into our minds. We have to learn to win over the thoughts that come in because how did, how did the serpent get to her? Through vo- his voice, through getting in her mind, to making her think, Eve, you're missing out, girl. Yep. Ha- haven't we said it many times? Everybody's looking for the next best thing. And we forfeit the glory of God because we think something's better. I mean, listen, guys, Jesus went through it too. The enemy came in Matthew chapter 4 and began, began to tempt him. And he tried to show him many things, like Jesus was missing out on something. John goes on later to say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What, why in the world are you trying to give something to Jesus that he already has authority over? Jesus was saying, listen, this is how you win. You take captive every thought. And the way you take captive in it is by getting in the word and declaring it over yourself.
1: But see, the the voice of the world is acting like it's louder than the voice of what we have inside of us. See, we don't even have a shout anymore. We don't even have a praise anymore. We don't even have a worship anymore. So what's he do? He makes the world seem louder. It's chaos. And so everybody turns their head to a voice. We're going back to the now. We're standing. We're not standing in the garden anymore. We're standing out in the world right now. We're being clothed in some things of the grace of God now. We're in the grace of God. But if I'm going to turn my head and listen to the chaos of the loudness of the world, I'll never hear what he's trying to say. It's true. absolutely. Because see, when the chaos, the loudness, the voice, he might have whispered, but I'm telling you right now, the world is being so loud. The world is loud. Everything that's being said. Is loud. It's trying to scream. Are we. Are we going to walk. I can walk still in a quietness. Of God. And move something. Being in the presence of the God, Of the Lord. And you can move. You see. You ever walked into a place where it's chaotic. And all of a sudden you go. Oh my goodness. Everything just changed. Not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. And I think that God is trying to. I mean, it's from the playground to the universities that that things are happening right now. From the playground. I don't care if it's cartoons, you need to watch what you got going on. You need to watch as mothers. What's going on in your children's bones? What's screaming in their ear? What's screaming? What's what are they watching? What are they seeing? You know, and all of a sudden, the next thing we know, our whole family's in chaos. And everything's screaming in the house. And you, you want to leave your house. You want to go on vacation because then it might be at peace there. But in reality, you're going to come home to back to screaming in chaos. You've allowed it. You don't get up and take authority over it. You don't even realize that you have authority that you can walk in. So you just lean back and you reason with it because, you know, you ever seen how many families now and parents are going, oh, my goodness, my my child is so out of control. I'm just going to let him just just go ahead and watch that. Or I'm just going to go ahead and here, take you, take the phone here. Take. uh, I mean, you know, they'll go now. No, you need to go in your room and they're screaming like wild animals in the room. They go, okay well, come on back out here. You can have the phone now. And you've never taken authority In your home, you don't take authority over yourself. You don't take authority over your home. You don't take authority where you walk. So everything's taking authority over you.
0: I love that you talked about that because of escaping reality. And I have this right here. It says our beliefs are the core value of who we are. It's where our authority takes root. If our beliefs are clothed in the glory of God, we produce good fruit And we have authority in his name but if our beliefs are seduced by the enemy we trade our authority for fantasy or what we believe or imagine things to be they're an escape from reality see i think that the problem of it is is we want things to be a certain way So we escape from the reality of where we really are and trade the authority of who God is in our life because we want the fantasy world to be the reality of what's happening. And that's because we fantasize about all these things that are going on. If I do this, this will be better. And if I do that, this will get better. And I can live this way. And it doesn't matter. And I can choose to do that. And that's not a big deal. And and the fantasy of it is is that nothing's wrong with my kids. Nothing's wrong with my marriage. Nothing's wrong with my job. Nothing's wrong with where we are. And if we can just take this one break together and just get away, it'll be good. And if I can just have this one drink, it'll be okay. And if I can just smoke this one blunt, I'll be fine. And then we escape because you know that's our fantasy place. If I can just get into this virtual reality world, nobody knows I can do what I want. If I can just watch this one TV show and be a part of that, and I can be what I want well, because it's acting like peace. That's right. So if you can have a drink or you can smoke a joint
1: then you're kind of out there a little bit, man, I'm so good, that makes me feel so good. When
0: reality, you substituted God, you substituted peace, you substituted truth. Well, and the problem of it is, is we spend too much time going on a spiritual diet trying to fit God into our wardrobe called world, family, friends, kids, job, hobbies, all the things instead of allowing those things to be fashioned after him. And I think the problem of it is, is we spend too much time separating God from our world than separating the world from our God.
1: I want to read this that goes right with this. Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 6 in the message. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade are, are for market. Are the tools of our trade aren't for marketing and manipulation, but they are for demolishing the entire massively corrupt culture. I'm gonna say right. I'm gonna go right there for a second. The tools of our trade are for are not for marketing or manipulation. That they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. I'm telling you right now, it is a massive corrupt culture. And God said we can demolish.
2: Not to interrupt you, but you triggered me to go back to what I was studying over the week. God created Adam to cultivate. And so I, I was st- studying that, and he said, he said I, we're creating him and man and woman in our own image and in our own likeness to cultivate the ground. So, so what we have to remember, like this is saying, is that we weren't here to manipulate or try to make things happen in our own strength or to strive or anything like that, but when we stay in the glory and when we stay in the presence of God, then we become people like an irrigation system. Where we begin to cultivate the atmosphere and cultivate the culture. Culture was never called to trade uh, to manipulate you or to ca- cause you to come into it. You were called to yeah. trade and, and get God into the culture. I messed that completely up, but it's okay. But the reality is... <laughs> The reality is this. We were never called to submit to the culture of this world. We were called to bring the culture of heaven into the earth. That's why Jesus said you pray like this on earth as it is in heaven. Because God wants heaven in us to explode in the culture and change everything around us. So that people can understand that there's only one union they need to be involved in. And that is the union with the God that created them.
0: But go on to the next verse. And give us this day our daily bread. bread. You ain't, that's what I was going to say. You ain't eating. That's the problem. And that's why you're so hungry for what the world has to offer. Because you are not fulfilling yourself with this. We use our powerful
1: God tools for smashing warp philosophies. Tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. <laughs> we tear down every stronghold. We demolish. You want to go to war? We pull down strongholds. You got to pull down strongholds in your own mind. It says Paul said, I renew my mind. No wonder he had to renew his mind every day. Because everything was coming against him. Everything was, you know, and especially Paul, we go back to that a little bit. Especially Paul. Here he was a murderer and he did that, all kinds of things. He he come against the church. He come against, and all of a sudden, three days later, he's resurrected in Christ and He's he's demolishing strongholds. Everything that he tried to do, he's destroyed.
2: Yeah. And I sometimes,
1: just- sometimes we, we you know, sometimes we we judge that we judge somebody oh they can't be right yet there's no way i mean it's only three days and they were killing people so we we don't judge oh no no we don't judge but if we would discern what's going on with somebody else we would know exactly that's the spirit of god because we would be in union with the father son and holy ghost
2: well, I think that's why Jesus said that if you, if you choose or want to follow me, you must first deny yourself, then pick up your cross and follow me. It goes back to crucifying here, denying everything about you, your own dreams, your own wants, your own desires, denying myself and picking up my cross daily and following him. Then you go to Paul. Paul starts teaching in the book of Ephesians, And he starts talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Why? One, you put on the helmet of salvation, look at it as a crown of sonship. It it demolishes the things that the enemy tries to put in your mind. But the first thing in an armor
1: is truth. The very first thing you put on in an armor is you put on the belt of truth. It holds up your britches. It don't make you naked. Now that's the truth. They were stripped of their clothes because they stripped themselves from truth.
0: And if you go back and look at verse 21, it talks and it says, "Verse 21 says God made leather clothing for Adam and his wife, and He dressed them."
3: Good morning. What time is it? Does it say 11:10 up there? Oh Jesus! Welcome home. God jacked me up. You know, sometimes you just have to have those moments. You gotta take your thoughts captive and you gotta just focus and give it to him and quit being so pride, prideful. Just let it go. You know, Adam Adam He gave an excuse. That woman you gave me. Like, first, how are you going to talk to God like that? That woman you gave me. <sighs> Mom, don't, don't be messing with my daddy. That woman. Woman. Hey, you, you want to live longer, men? Quit saying woman. I know he did. He didn't live that long. <laughs> he resurrected. <laughs> he went right to heaven. Oh, she got that eye. She cocked that head too. But I'm thinking of this bar- bartered promises that there was, I'm going to trade, trade this moment I have with God. I'm going to trade when I accepted Christ into my heart and the explosion of freedom and, and faith and the excitement of who he is. I'm going to trade that for a, a moment. Because this other promise seems like it's going to fix something that I'm dealing with. Wow. I'm going to trade that for a moment. And look what, look what happens in the trade. The struggle to, to get back to where you were. The, the fight to, to go back to the where, when that wasn't even in my thoughts or even my, my attitude or whatever the case is. And, and fight back to get back to where he wanted you. I'm going to trade the moment. I'm going to let it overwhelm me in my whole life. And, yeah, you, know, you were saying something. and I've looked at this and I've looked at this and I've looked at it. That in a moment that happens, it changed everything. They hid from God and God knew where they were, but yet asked the question, where are you? He knew where they were. He just wanted to know if they knew where they were. He knows. And they, they clothe themselves with something that would irritate them so bad, but yet think that was so safe. And dealing with that later. But God, yes, his grace is amazing, but yet they still left the garden. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing, like... Now, some of you parents are wild. and don't care how your kid dresses. Yeah, some of your kids dress like they... Never mind. But God looked at it and said, No, hold up. You ain't going out like that. <laughs> I wish some my kids would dress crazy. And I'm gonna... You know how some kids be dressing... If you've gone to any store or the mall and you see some young adults or kids and they dress in crazy... Everything's hanging out. Everything's low, and every my. Anybody notice t-shirts anymore or hoodies or they all crop tops and hop, half. Where's the other half of them? Where do they go? They ran out. Of- they ran, yeah, the yarn <laughs> ran out. But I wish you would come out of that room dressed crazy, because you're gonna turn around. Josh, you call it Tom and Jerry. You're gonna get Tom and Jerry. You're gonna walk back. <laughs> you are gonna change that? And they were ashamed and they were withered in and they were hurting and they were upset. Something changed. The bartered promise. I, I traded something for something else and honestly, I didn't like what I received. And I have to live with it in a moment. And yet things happen. But God, God is so gracious. He turns around and he's like, let me give you something else to wear. Let me change that. Even though you got to come out of the garden and I love just to walk with you and I love just to talk with you in the cool of the day and I love just to spend that intimate moment with you. Remember when you first gave your heart to the Lord and those were really great moments and we struggle now to find them. In the cool of the day, I, I, I want to. I'll visit you from a distance but everything in here you, you can't have in a way. But I'm going to clothe you with something that's going to not be irritating anymore. Something that's going to kind of secure you. Let's just be real. A leaf ain't going to do justice. There's some big people and some small people. Let's just be real about it. You're going to have to have some alterations done. And so he's going to cover you so you're fully covered in a way so that you're not you know, you don't want to embarrass yourself. And sometimes what we do as, as, as parents, we try to help them so they don't get embarrassed. And he clothed them with a hide. And I started thinking about this. Did God create the first sacrifice? Because how else are you going to get a hide, Daniel? I know you all about that. You grab kill and hide them up. How else are we getting a hide? Does something have to die? Does something have to be skinned? Does something have to... And I wrote this down. I've been looking at it. I've been looking at it. Something has to die to clothe you. When the spirit dies, the world clothes you. When the flesh dies, you're clothed by the spirit. When Jesus dies, he clothes you. I mean, think about the people that were in... Going around the mountain for 40 years wearing the same shoes. Now, I'm telling you right now, my shoes, because I'm hard on shoes at times, they go out. The same clothes, same shoes. They didn't have time to do all that stuff. But I'm telling you, the glory of God set on them. And things lasted that shouldn't have lasted. Even in it. And he clothes you. So when when you barter something for a different promise... You're gonna trade in something else that's gonna clothe you. When you die to the flesh and live by the Spirit, you're clothed with the glory of God. When you kill the Spirit and live by the flesh, you're clothed with what the world offers you. And we've talked about the irritations.
0: I think that's what he meant at the very beginning. If you go back and it says, the woman said to the serpent, Not at all, we can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle. And God said do not eat from it don't even touch it or you'll die. He wasn't talking about them dying physically. I mean they would die physically I mean that's what was going to happen because sin came in and it made the body weak. But I believe it was more about the spirit that was dying at that moment. He knew that instantly that the spirit began to separate from God and when that happens it began to die. And instantly, any choice that you make when you choose to separate from the Spirit of God, you are choosing to die. Whether you think about it or not, our bodies, they are weak. They don't want to last in this world because we made bad choices. You understand what I'm saying? That choice to separate from god instantly caused our bodies to begin to become frail and weak but even though our bodies are frail and weak my spirit can still stay with the father but the problem about it is is when they open that gate that key right there that unlocked all those things It allowed their spirit to begin to decay and separate from God. And what he had to come do is come back in and make a sacrifice right there and say, Hey, I'm going to re-clothe you. And if you allow yourself to stay clothed in my glory, then your spirit can stay clothed in my presence. And you can still live forever, even though your body doesn't want to live. And I think that's the purpose of it. Our
3: minds, our minds take us there. Our minds jack us up. Thinking about that death, that's some of it is because we feel the guilt and shame, and we don't know how to get out of the rat race we're in. We're in a labyrinth at times, and don't know how to get up out of that thing. We go from one corner and we get stuck, and we go here and we get stuck, and we go here and we feel like we're going, and nothing's working out. And when you trade something, and you let that just take you and, and literally grip you like that video. It just feel like everything's caving in and everything's shrinking in. Fear's trying to grip. I don't know. I'm... But he, he wants to clothe you. Don't trade the promise. Remember the promise. Hold the promise. It's still true. It still stands. It's still good. And I think if we get to a place in our lives that we can say, you know, I'd, I'm not going to do that. Because it's a choice. Because the, the word says renew your mind daily, but then we struggle sometimes with the renewed part. We, we, I think we, we personally really try at times to get that, like my four-wheelers, I, I need to get that thing jump-started. It's, and the more I keep running it, the more it's going to just run better. The more I keep just starting it, it's going to keep starting. And it takes a while to jumpstart it. But don't stop. Don't, don't, don't stop. Go ahead.
0: I was sitting here thinking as you were saying that about don't stop. And I was thinking about the word no. Why is it that with one of the smallest words, In our English language, do we have the hardest time with? No. If God said, don't touch that, you know what that means? No. But I find ourselves that often we look at God and we're like, well, did you really mean, I mean, I can have that little bit, but I can't do that, right? I mean, I can... I can watch that little bit, but if I don't, like you said, do the whole thing, it's that reasoning. We want to reason with God. Have you ever, uh, if any of you who have children in this room and you've told them no, and they begin to continue to argue with you, oh, my Lord, Jesus, help me. I mean, there is nothing that irks me more than I say no, and it is a simple word with two letters. And I get a debate over it. I didn't sign up for debate class. I'm your parent. I just said no. And the thing about it is, is that's with God today. I believe that he's telling you no about some things. And he's trying to tell you, I didn't sign up for a debate with you. I didn't create you so that you could tell me what to do. I'm just telling you no because I'm your dad. And that's who I am. And I'm the parent. And I said, no. And I think some of the problem is, is that we so eagerly want to debate with God that that's why we grab for the thing that tickles our fancy, because if God says no, then I'll get it some way otherwise. I'll do it my way. I'll reach out for the world, even if it does irritate me, because I'm going to do it in spite of. To let you know that I can still get my way. Stand with me today. This is going to be a strange altar call. (laughs) But I'm gonna tell you something. I feel like God's asking me to ask you, if you know that you are living in spite of the things that God has told you no, and you are doing it anyways, and you are reaching out to the world to clothe you, he's asking you to come forward this morning and to lay it down and to set yourself aside and to allow him to reclothe you. If you know that you are living a life right at this moment, that you have chosen to clothe yourself with the fig leaves of irritation, of depression, of anxiety, of distrust, of anger, of bitterness, of, of, of all these things that are creeping in because you allowed the enemy to speak in your ear and no wasn't good enough for you. He's asking you to come this morning. If you know, I'm, I, I'm being, listen, we were all somebody's baby one time. Okay we are God's child and I know you know what it's like to live in spite of something at times and to do it your own way but if you are willing to lay your pride down just like Pastor Brandon said and come forward and say you know what God I'm going to lay the pride down and I'm going to quit living in spite because no is no and I'm okay with that God because I want to trade my clothes today if that's you come to the front we're going to continue to sing this morning and allow God to speak to us and minister to our hearts God we just thank you for today We ask that you would be over us and in us, God. And we ask, God, that those of us, God, who know, God, that we bartered away, God, we have exchanged things that aren't good for us, God, for the things that you have for us, God. We've exchanged them away and traded, God, those places, God, of authority that we have in you. Because maybe things weren't good enough, God, but you gave us just wasn't good enough. And no, wasn't good enough. God, I pray you deal with heart today. And that you would choose to be the center of our lives. That we would choose that, God. You're there already. You were in the center of the garden. You were the one who made it, God. Developing us God's strength today. We don't want to live in spite of you anymore, God. We want to live for you and through you and by you and in you. We thank you today.